Welcome to the Armed and Ready Podcast. I am your host, Jason Wood, the VA loan guy. We have a really exciting episode lined up for you, so come check it out. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Armed and Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Wood, the VA loan guy. So today we've got a special episode for you. It is Jason Squared Day. I mean, we've got two Air Force vets, both named Jason here on the podcast. So for all of our Air Force family, oorah, um, we're excited uh, today to uh, to bring Jason on, on board with us and just tell us about his story, right, and and what he's got going on, what he did in the Air Force. So Jason, welcome, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Nice to meet you as well. Great to meet you too, man. Um, first of all, great name. And um, <laughs> and uh, you serve in the Air Force too, so clearly you know, your intelligence level is very high. So, <laughs> so, uh, so tell us a little bit, man. I mean, you're in the air force. What did, you know, the, does the air force, is there, is it really even a military branch? I mean, what, what did you do? How'd you get hey, man, into the you, air force? You know, we all make the jokes between the branches about each other, but at the end of the day, we still all brothers in arms. And that's uh, true. so uh, when I joined, I did air traffic control. Uh, I, I didn't have any idea what it was. Usually people, when I tell them I do air traffic, they're like, you're the guy out there with the cones. With the, no, yeah, that's not what it. I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I actually work in the tower, uh, talking to the pilots, and I work the radar sector as well. I'm, I'm one of the uh, guys you can call an up-down guy. They call us a scope dope because we look at a <laughs> large TV most of the time. Um, joined the Air Force back in uh, 2009. Finished up in 2015, enjoyed it uh, the whole time, man. I had three wonderful assignments, one being my hometown of South Carolina at Shaw Air Force Base. Awesome. That's cool. What um what was what was your reason for joining? What 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 triggered you? So uh growing up in South Carolina, especially a small town where I'm from, you know, we didn't have a lot of opportunities. Most of the time, you know, either playing sports, going to college, or uh working at one of the plants that that are located in my area. And my father's ex-military, uh, he's ex-Air Force, and so is one of my older brothers. And uh, my father worked on the flight line and he would always tell me when I was in high school, you know, have a plan. He actually talked me into doing ROTC while I was in high school. He like, you know, you never know if you're gonna go in the military. Me being a young guy, I was like, man, there's no way I'm, I'm going in the military, you know, whatever, <laughs> I'm gonna go to college, get my uh, finance degree and do what I want to do, try to make millions of dollars. You know, that was my mindset back then. And uh, went to college and it was not like high school. In high school, I was able to not study and make straight A's. College didn't pan out that way. No, <laughs> so no. I, I ended up having to find a recruiter. Um, you know, it's just a funny story how I ended up getting into the air traffic career field. I happened to be walking into his office and he was on the phone. He's like, yeah, um, you know, my friend makes so much money doing this job. And he gets off the phone. I didn't even know what he was talking about. Like, do they offer that job in the military? He goes, yeah. I said, sign me up. That's the only way I'm going. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so it's cool. So um, do you do your uh, your tech school down in Biloxi? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I got family down in Mississippi and Jackson and in Biloxi, Mississippi. So it was almost like being home even when I was there that's where my tech school was. So I was airfield management and, um, I'll, I'll never forget. I was there during the summer months and, the um, worst. Oh my goodness. I, I didn't have any clue what I was in for. And I mean, you talk about hot. It was, 
many black flag days if you remember that right oh yeah man oh yeah man no pt you know people would always tell me you're from the south you should be used to this heat you never get used to that type of humidity man it feels like the sun is literally taking a ride it's like you're giving the sun a piggyback all day that's what it feels like and you are just soaked i mean it's 100 percent humidity we had some days it was over 100 degrees it's like 103 degrees 100 oh, yeah. percent humidity and in the air force when you're in like that that student uh setting you can't roll up your sleeves i mean long sleeves hat <laughs> boots the whole thing and you are oh, just yeah. dying it is so hot you're definitely taking about three showers a day yeah it's it was just it was ridiculous um but it made me appreciate the dry desert climate where i was from in the summer months because i always thought that was terrible but then I visited, I went back and visited some family right after that. And I was like, it was like 105 outside one day, you know, no humidity. And I was like, man, this is like a spring day. It was so nice. <laughs> you know, a, walk, a, a walk in the park. Totally. Totally. So, um, so your ATC school, tell us about that. That that's a long school, right? Yeah. It's about, uh, about roughly four to five months, depending on AFIs in between, which means awaiting further instructions for those who don't know. Uh, in tech school, uh, when you're just waiting for a class. Yeah, uh, when I got there, um, I went through what we call the dual track um, course. They've since changed it um, from what I've heard. Now you either go to strictly tower class or you go to strictly radar class. Um, but when I went through, I went through the dual course. So I had to, you start off doing uh, fundamentals. You kind of just learn, you know, what you're doing there, how ATC kind of works, just the lingo of it all, the phraseology, you know, a, a little bit of the rules, base, the very basic. And then uh, they send you, uh, you take a lot of tests, a lot of tests in tech school when it comes to uh, ATC. Uh, you go, you do the very minor radar portion. And after that, you go back to class, learn uh, how to do, how to work in the tower. Um, and then they have these huge simulators. Uh, I think these screens are like 80 plus inches. It's three of them, one in the center, two on the sides. And they simulate an airport. And you, it's almost as if you're standing in a tower cab. You're looking out the windows. You see planes coming. It's ran by a computer. Uh, if you have an accent or a thick accent, it's horrible. But they can fix it. It's, it's a fun time. And at the, after that, they send you to your first base and see if you can do the real thing. Yeah. Where'd you go? Where'd, what was your first uh, duty station? My first assignment was exactly where I'm from, and that's something South Carolina at Shar Air Force Base. Um, you know, a small town is right outside of the capital of Columbia, but it, uh, something has its perks. It's only an hour and a half away from Myrtle Beach. Always a great time and about two hours from Charleston, South Carolina. So, hey, I can't complain. No, that's a good location. Absolutely. Um, any uh, any fun stories or, or scary moments while you were in your active duty days? Oh, of course. You know, you have plenty of those. A lot of them you can't really tell on certain platforms, especially being uh, ex-military. But I remember uh, headed home for my first base, and this was right before I showed up. They actually had some F-16s. Uh, well, one of them went down over in the ocean on its way back during an exercise. I hadn't even shown up to the base yet, but, you know, my friends and my family knew that I was getting stationed back at Shaw, and the first thing I get a phone call, like, what did you do? They knew I was going to be doing ATC. They automatically uh, assumed it was me <laughs> responsible for this uh, incident. Like, man, I, I haven't even checked in and, and, and met any of my coworkers yet, you know? Yeah. 
Oh, that's funny. So, um, went from Shaw. Where'd you head after that? Uh, after Shaw, I spent three years at Shaw. Wonderful people, by the way. I always have to shout out Shaw, especially since it's in my hometown. Uh, after three years at Shaw, I went out to uh, Yokota Air Force Base out in Japan. Um, I was actually supposed to go a year prior, but we had an uh, incident that happened, and I just missed the tsunami that happened. So the year I was supposed to go and I didn't oh. go, I actually missed the tsunami that happened over there that, you know, caused all the, uh, put down the, I think it's the nuclear plant over there and everything. Yeah. And yeah, I had just missed that the year prior. Um, I ended up Ooh. going out there um, the year after that incident. They still were doing a lot of cleanup, so I was a part of uh, a lot of operations to help uh, the pilots go down and do cleanup in that area where things had gone wrong at. Uh, beautiful time, great time. Japan's a great area. Yokota's a great base to be at as well. Um, the only my only complaint about that base is uh, the base being separated by a major highway. <laughs> so you got a east side oh, of the base and a west side of the base, and the only way to get over to each side is crossing a major highway. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. And then, yeah. uh, then uh, did you come back stateside after that. Yeah, I tried. I tried my best to uh, stay overseas, and uh, I probably would have stayed in if I did. Uh, but I did end up going to Whiteman Air Force Base over in Nobnasta, Missouri. You know, if you've ever been out there, you know that's in the middle of the sticks, absolutely nowhere. I remember it was a big deal that they got a. Uh, they ended up getting a Buffalo Wild Wings, and it was on the front page of the newspaper out there. So you know, <laughs> that, that's how small it is. You know, it's a small town when a fast food restaurant makes the headline, right? Headline of the newspaper in Nobnos, Missouri, Buffalo Wild Warrensburg. Oh, man, that's crazy. Um, So you transitioned out, obviously. Um, So tell us about about that transition and what you're up to these days. Um, Transitioning out, I think I had an easy time doing it because I I did it kind of early. I kind of knew my time was coming to an end in the military. So uh, even before TAPS, I was already looking to uh, try to get my foot in the door as far as getting out uh, or getting a job outside of the military. Um, it just so happened that right before I left Japan, um, the FAA, Federal Aviation Administration, had put out bids for jobs for ATC. And uh, I wasn't even going to apply. I wasn't even going to apply. I still had a full two years left on my contract. And a good friend of mine named Sam, he works out in uh, – dfw now a great friend of mine we were stationed together he told me he said man just apply the worst thing they can do is tell you no uh so i applied the literally the last day that you could and as fate would have it i was literally the only person that got picked up on that bid even though i wasn't (laughs) even going to apply Uh, exactly you know it's it's crazy how it works you know i I ended up getting picked up they waited for me to get out at uh, the end of 2015 I got a class date early February of 2016, and here I am down in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, working for uh, Danley Field. That's really cool. So you've been there, what, a good six, six seven years now? Yeah, um, a, little, a little too long. I'm, I'm trying to transition over into the supervisor side, maybe go someplace else, but, hey, I'm, I'm fine where I'm at for now. Yeah. So um, so you, you guys are probably handling, you know, your fair share of – commercial and military you know planes in the in the sky and stuff like that and trying to keep everybody safe and straight um do you guys see a lot of uh, uh, any any big like 
challenge? Will they keep the military guys away from the commercial guys and stuff like that? Or is it pretty simple? Oh, no, nah, man, they're right in the mix. Uh, down here at Montgomery, you know, I, I thought I was going to get away from having to work with uh, the military pilots. And wouldn't, wouldn't you know, the uh, Air National Guard base is attached to the airport, F-16. So we work uh, their red tails and all, everything else that comes into Montgomery. Um, our commercial flights aren't, aren't as much, uh, but because it's a smaller airport, we have a lot of GA guys, general aviation guys who are learning to fly that comes in, do a lot of practice approaches along with the military uh, aircraft such as F-16s, uh, TEX-2s, the beach jets, C-130s, uh, KC-135s. Um, you know, we, we get them all that come in and, and it's a mixed bag, you know, some days it's pretty easy, but when you got those different contrasts of aircraft that come in at the same time, it, it, it could be, it could be hard to work. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, so, um, what's the, what's the plan next? So supervisor role and maybe transition to a different location. Yeah. Transition to a different location. I got a, a, you know, sometimes, you know, my friends tell me I'm spreading myself a little too thin. You know, I also invest, you know, I've, uh, one of my good friends that I grew up with, he's an Army vet. Uh, I, I've invested in his company called Boots on the Ground Logistics. It's a trucking company. Um, another good friend of mine, I invested in her food company called Ape Wonder Cuisine. She's a traveling chef. Um, a, a, another Army vet of mine named Ricardo uh, Robinson, he's also into homes and things like that. So we do a couple projects together. We work together on some things. And then I do my air traffic control thing. Um, so I, I tell people air traffic control for me is on the side, you know. So I, I'm <laughs> trying to you know, become my own boss. I would love to be a supervisor and show the agency what I have to offer as far as my knowledge and, you know, helping these younger guys uh, advance in their career as well. Um, but, you know, all, all of that will come in time. You know, I, I'm sitting here just waiting my turn. And while I do that, like I said, I do air, I do air traffic, quote unquote, on the side. Nice man. So let, tell us a little bit about some of those, the the main the main ventures. Since air traffic control is the side gig, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the things you're invested in. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, uh, my buddy contacted me a few years ago. Uh, his name is Quentin Bracy. He uh, he he was working contract overseas, but he was ready to come home. And so me and him had had a few conversations about what he wanted to do. You know, I'm I'm more of the money guy. He he knows how to operate everything and, and stuff like that. And so uh, he was like, hey, man, you know, if you give me a couple grand, you know, maybe we can go to get, uh, go in with each other on a on a long distance truck on an 18 wheel. And I said, all right, cool, man, just let me know what you need. And uh, we started with just one or two trucks. And now, you know, we got a couple trucks and he's been getting contracts with uh, certain corporations, uh, large corporations. I don't want to put them out there, but we've been doing pretty good so far. You know, it's still building. We're still trying to you know, get out of the hole, so to speak, based on our initial investments. But, you know, it's been doing a great uh, job. He's been doing a great job on his end. Um, That's cool. As far as the restaurant is concerned, uh, it's called Eighth Wonder Cuisine. Me and her grew up together. Me and my best friend, Brittany Moore, we grew up together. We've been best friends since the fifth grade. You know, RP to her mother. Her mother was one of the catalysts for this. You know, she always used to tell her, you know, do something that you want to do. And uh, her passion was always cooking. And so, you know, she came to me and she said, hey, you know, I want to I want to do this full time. You know, can you help me out? I, I was eager to jump on board because, first of all, I'm a foodie and her food is delicious. 
and I, I believed in her vision. So, you know, I, I gave her what she needed. We have, uh, she's been traveling her and her, uh, her, her significant others, uh, who is also a bartender. So they, they do a thing. It's like a, and oh, actually they're in the, they're, they'll be cooking for the masters coming up here soon. You know, they no get way. booked for the masters, you know, it's, it's a, it's a one-stop shop for fine dining pretty much. That's cool. And they travel around to different events and put on like a fine dining experience. Absolutely. You get a full course meal uh, and then you get bartender service, uh, all the drinks, your heart desires, you know, so they, they do they do a real good job, you know, and we've we've uh, invested in a food truck. We're going to put out a food truck here shortly. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it's been a great it's been a great ride. I can't even complain. Now, the restaurant industry, that's that's interesting, you know, coming out of the pandemic and stuff. Did that were you guys doing this during that time or did it kind of happen after the pandemic let up so literally right before the pandemic happened um that's when we bought the food truck oh, gosh. and then the pandemic happened so we kind of put that on the back burner because we didn't know what was going to happen we didn't know if we were going to be allowed to have people come up to the food truck so we kind of just waited for that but as far as the traveling uh she's been doing that she's been doing a great job at that you know get the vaccine you know we haven't had any problems she's been able to travel free will and you know uh it was rough because we didn't know what the future may hold you know here we are yeah. dumping all of this money in at the beginning of 20 uh night i mean at close to the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 just for the country to shut down you know uh anybody right. who has that kind of money tied up would be worried about that so yeah we were we were definitely on edge we didn't know what the future may hold but hey it worked out on in our favor so you know like I said, again, I, I can't even complain. That's great. That's great, man. It's it's cool to see like the entrepreneurial side, right? And I think that's, you know, something a lot of people have aspirations or thoughts about. And um, there's so many different ways to, to cut into that, right? Um, oh, absolutely. And you don't have to be the operator, right? It doesn't have to be your full-time job. Exactly. Um, how, how much are you invested from a time perspective in some of these other businesses, do you, do you get into operational stuff at all? Or what's your stance? Oh, so basically I'll tell them whatever you need. So they'll call me, Hey man, I need you to show up to this event or I need you to do this interview or I need you to, uh, you know, as far as the trucking company is concerned, Hey man, I need you to book a load somewhere. I'm out of town. I'm with my family. So whatever they need, you know, I'm not, um, so invested as far as time wise and they and they allow me to do that based on my initial investment as far as the money was concerned because i told them hey man you know i don't want to run your company i just believe in your vision and i believe in your drive and i just want to be a part of it. so you know whatever i can do to help them because you know we're friends at the end of the day as well you know a lot of a lot of people tell you it's not good to miss mix business and pleasure but i haven't had that problem they understand that I'm here to help them in any way that they need me to be there. And, you know, I step aside when, when it's their time to speak, I move out the way. Hey, I, I know who the experts are. Yeah. I, like, like people say, you always want to surround yourself with people smarter than you. And that's what I did. That's really cool. That's really cool. So, um, there's the, the restaurant, the trucking, was there another thing or is it just those two? Uh, just, uh, you know, me and my friend Ricardo Robinson, he's a, uh, he's an ex military vet as well. Army on the army side. Uh, you know, he, he does a lot of housing projects. So he's allowed me to get in some of his investments as far as housing projects and things of that nature. Oh, that's cool. So are you guys buying like rental properties or are you doing like flip properties or what are you guys buying? 
So uh, he does he does a, a lot of he flips uh, houses and things of that nature. Uh, it's funny that I may even doing this interview right now. Um, the first property I'm actually going to do with him as far as my own project is uh, my grandparents' old house. I'm renovating it to put it up uh, for rent and things of that nature. So it's going to be a blast. You know, I'm learning I'm learning trial by fire. I don't really have any idea what I'm doing as far as being in charge of the project, but I'm happy to learn. Yeah, no, that'll be a really good experience. You know, I mean, I think it gets um, a little celebritized. You know, you see the the HGTV shows. Yeah, with, yeah. You know, these flips, and it's so amazing, and it happens in thirty minutes. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Oh, it, it's def it's definitely uh, not going to happen that fast. Yeah. Um. You know, of course, it's 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 made for TV that way, but it's you know, there's um, and from all the people that I've spoken with that are involved in flipping houses, there's a lot to it. There's oh, a absolutely. lot of there's a lot to know. You learn a lot, and there's a lot of time, a lot of time involved as well. And um, so it's an interesting thing. It's not, it's not quite as easy as it might appear to be on TV. Um, but I think once you get the hang of it and you can get a system and a process down, then, um, then you can really roll with it. Absolutely. You know, you know, I, you know my ha I, I take my hats off to guys who, who, who do things like flipping houses and, and women, uh, men and women that flip houses or even running their own company, restaurants, logistics company. It, you know, it's, it's definitely time consuming, you know, especially when you're the boss. You know, a lot of people say that they want to be the boss until they get put in those shoes. I, you know, I, I want to be my own boss, but I want to get there, you know, when it's time for me to get there. I don't want to rush into anything. And I definitely take my hats off to people like you and others who are running their own show. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, right? Yeah, you always want to be Absolutely. the boss until you're the boss. And then you exactly. get to deal with exactly. all the stuff the boss has to deal with, right? Absolutely. You know, when, when the janitor doesn't show up, you're the janitor. When the toilet paper <laughs> runs out, you got to fill the toilet paper. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, absolutely. And and, and, and on to the more complex things, you know, and and personnel constraints and issues and you know all that stuff is all in addition to the actual duties of running the business, right? Of like mm -hmm. making it make revenue. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, there's there's a lot to it, man. You gotta have you gotta have a passion for it, right? You gotta love it. Absolutely. Love what you do. And, you know, I think that's what's been keeping me around and as far as ATC is concerned. You know, I had to claw my way to get here. You know, I I, I, I like to tell people I fought like sort of an uphill battle. You know, I had some disagreements with my higher ups at the time when I first came into the military. But, hey, I just wanted to show everybody that I could do it. You know, even when I told people before I left home to train for ATC, you know, I was like, hey, I'm going to be doing air traffic controlling. You know, it's it's surprising that people will tell you what you can't do until they see you doing it. So I, I you know, I, I was so happy when I got my first certification as far as being an air traffic controller, because I was able to prove all the doubters wrong. And, you know, this is, this is what I love to do. I actually, I absolutely love watching, you know, being able to, and, and, and you know, having a type A personality, you want to be in control and, you know, we're called controllers for a reason. Everybody has to do what we <laughs> tell them to do. So, Hey, it's pretty fun, man. I can't complain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine too, it really like, helps you with like developing like multitasking skills. Right. I mean, cause you're, oh, absolutely. you're dealing with so much at one time. Right. Um, and I, I think, you know, what is it? The, uh, I think it's like time magazine or something every year puts out the, uh, the issue where they talk about like the most stressful jobs in America. And I think ATC is usually a higher, a higher ranking job up there for stress. Right. Yeah, uh, they rank us high, you know, but if you talk to a lot of the controllers, the people that actually control, I think that's more of an outside perception than it is uh, coming from us. 
Like, yes, it can be stressful. I'm not going to, you know, downplay it. There are some days where you just want to pull your hair out. But most of the times, especially, you know, I, I was born just at the right time. I'm a gamer. So to me, you know, it, and I know this is going to sound kind of bad, but it's like being the ultimate gamer. You don't have a reset button and you have to be perfect every time. And, it, and you know, you, I just love it. You know, it's like, hey, you know, here I am. I, I feel like I was almost made for a groom for is a better term, you know? That's a really good way of putting it. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I have, I have a nephew who's really into to gaming and stuff and he's, and he's young. Um, and it, I always have this thought process in my head of like, okay, what, what is that gonna bring forward for you for opportunity right down the road? Oh, yeah. if that's, if that's, you know, if you stick through that, uh, to that for such a long time, but that's interesting dynamic that you, you posted there because you're right. Like you're having to deal with like multiple situations a lot and a lot of information hitting you at one time and you're sending oh, information absolutely. out like crazy. Um, so yeah, that's a really interesting way to think about it. And, and not a bad way for those who are listening or watching who, you know, right now gaming is their thing, right? And maybe they're going to make it big as a gamer. Cause I know that, that you, you can these days. Um, but that's probably a very small percentage, right? So the lion's share aren't going to end up being professional gamers. They're going to end up doing something else. Yeah. Um, hey, and why not go to the military? Go get into ATC. I mean, it's a great career field. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, you know, I look at you know, don't don't disrespect to my guys on the flight line and things like that, man. But you know, when I'm watching uh, my friends that I used to live in the dorms with after working 15, 16 hour days, and it's illegal for us to work more than 10 hours in a row, hey, I. <laughs> I'll take ATC any day. <laughs> yeah, and you're not on the flight line, which is hot. And uh, Ab- nice air conditioned can up high. Exactly. Hey, rain, sleet, or snow, those guys on the flight line out there while I get to sit back in a room, uh, temperature control room and do my thing. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Well, Jason, I I, um, I just really enjoyed our, our chat today, learning about you and uh, another Air Force vet entrepreneur on top of it, just doing a lot of cool stuff, man. Um, very exciting. And um, I just love that our audience is able to learn, you know, from you that you can you can do a lot. Like there's a, so much opportunity, Absolutely. right? Tons of opportunity. You just got to you got to go grab it, right? Absolutely. Got to go out there and get it. Um, well, thank you so much, man. Thank you for your service. Thank you for uh, being on our podcast today. We really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks so much for checking out this week's episode. Please subscribe, click the link below, share with your friends. And hey, if you know a military person or a veteran with a great story to share, we would love to highlight them on the podcast and get their story out to everybody. Thanks so much.